church far and wide, let us study the word together. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for this good opportunity. Now, especially now, help us do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. Can you remember all the way back to February 26th? February 26th, that seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? February 26th was Ash Wednesday this year. It was the start of Lent, that season of preparation for Easter. And then, coronavirus. Coronavirus, which has taken over the lives of every person on the planet. Everything that we do now, every single day, is dictated by this virus. It's even hard to find any kind of news that isn't influenced in some way, shape, or form by COVID-19. But I want to remind you of something very important this morning. It's still Lent. It's still Lent because there's still a resurrection coming, and there is no virus in hell that is going to stop the resurrection of Christ. Lent is always intended to be a holy disruption to our normal rhythms of faith. And thanks to COVID-19, all of our rhythms have been disrupted, which then invites us to embrace this rhythm of Lent. If our lives are going to be disrupted anyway, why not put this time to good use? You may find that these days of uncertainty have led you into various temptations. Maybe you've noticed yourself snacking more or watching excessive amounts of really bad television. Maybe you've given in to complaining or criticizing everyone and everything. Maybe you're drinking. Maybe you're picking fights and, and seeking negative attention. Maybe you're letting your life be dominated by worry. Maybe you are shopping online for things that under normal circumstances you would never buy. Let me assure you that you do not need a Lego brick waffle maker right now. And it's understandable with all that is going on that temptations run high. But our main job as the church in the world is to follow Jesus. If we get nothing else right during this entire crisis, let's do our very best to follow Jesus well. And so this morning, I want us to look at how Jesus handled temptation. We're looking at Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. You can find similar versions of this passage in the other Gospels. And what I want you to notice as we begin this passage itself is what came before it. Not a whole lot. Yes, Jesus was born. Yes, he was baptized. But very little of his public ministry out in the world happened prior to this temptation. And I mention that because because maybe, just maybe, when we look at how Jesus handled temptation and what he did when he came out of it, maybe 
we will be encouraged to see the gift that is this time. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Let's be absolutely clear about what's happening here. This temptation was done by the devil. The Holy Spirit stayed by Jesus' side the entire time. We need to hear that this morning, don't we? All of us are in disrupted time with endless opportunities for temptation. The devil delights in this, but we are not alone, nor are we abandoned. Just as God was with Jesus in the wilderness, God is with us as we face our temptations. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came to him and said, If, if you are the Son of God, tell those stones to become bread. Well, 40 days is a long time. Some of you, particularly those of you with kids or, or those of you who are living alone, might feel as though the last seven days have lasted 400 years. All of a sudden, we have a very different understanding of time. So it's not hard to imagine that Jesus was hungry after he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, no less. And this, this is where the tempter enters in. This is the time that he chooses to come to Jesus. He knows that Jesus is hungry. He knows that, that you and I are disoriented, that we're frustrated, that we might be a little fearful, that we're not as strong as, as we think we are in normal times and circumstances. If the tempter is brazen enough to go after Jesus, why wouldn't he come after us in our moments of weakness as well? And notice, notice that the devil didn't do it right away. He waited Jesus out. Growing up, my parents would always say to me, you can do anything. You can do anything for a night, for a week, for a semester. The idea being that you could always make the best of it for a while. So if you knew the exact date when this would all be over, you might be able to manage a little bit better because you, you would know when things were going to return to normal. And that's what makes our current situation fertile ground for temptation. Because we simply don't know when things will return to normal or even what normal is going to look like on the other side of this. We have been knocked off our A-game and that is a prime opportunity for the devil to wiggle his way into our lives and make a mess out of things. And then to add insult to injury, the devil strategically placed a seed of doubt. He says, if, if you are the son of God, and all of a sudden the devil wants Jesus to prove himself, and if not to prove himself, then at the very least to question himself. I'm wondering how many of you have had seeds of doubt try to take root in your lives recently. Doubts about your worth and your value, doubts about your relationship, doubts about your abilities. Those doubts, they can consume you if you let them. So what did Jesus do when the de devil came and gave him the quick fix? Just, just turn these stones into bread. 
He responded by saying, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus did something that we can also do, and we can put into our spiritual toolbox to use in times such as these. Jesus pulled on the scriptures. Here he is quoting directly from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. The only way for you to have scripture to rely on, however, is to be in the word. And the best way to be in the word is to spend time in it daily. And right now, we have a lot of time. So get into scripture. Let God speak into your life so that you are ready when temptation strikes. Jesus isn't turning away the bread. He knows that we need it for our physical well-being. But he's not willing to turn his back on God in the process. And that's really one of the main consequences we need to consider when we give in to temptation. It's not just giving in to what we think we want, but turning away from God, whom we need more than ever right now. Just in case you thought that the devil was a pushover and that after Jesus turned him down the first time he would just disappear, I want you to listen to what the devil does next. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If, there it is again, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone there it is again that seed of doubt if jesus is the son of god if god really cares about you and then the devil decides to up the ante by throwing scripture back at jesus the devil is trying to get jesus to act both out of doubt and pride, by using the holy word to manipulate the situation. He's trying to appeal to Jesus' higher nature by quoting scripture out of context in order to get Jesus to fall. Friends, we need to be on high alert for this type of behavior, especially, especially right now. There are people, there are preachers who are manipulating the word of God for their purposes that do not honor the Lord and do not bring glory to his kingdom. They are smooth talkers and they want us to believe their lies. Make no mistake, the devil doesn't play fair. And we need to be on high alert for his tricks and his deceptions. And so again, Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. See, testing God is is not evidence of faith, it is evidence of doubt. Can God really do this? And again, Jesus quotes scripture. He does it quickly and he does it decisively, and I don't want you to miss that important detail. When temptation comes our way, it's not going to wait for us to fumble around to see if we can find a helpful verse. 
We need to stockpile scripture in our hearts so that when temptation does come, and it will, we can identify it quickly and use the word as it was intended with laser focus. Now, lest you think that the devil would just walk away at this point, think again. He's going to try once more. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. So this is the third time in a very short period of time that temptation rears its ugly head. Have you felt that kind of temptation and trial lately? Okay, there's no toilet paper. Fine. Now they've closed down the beaches. Fine. Now the restaurants. Fine. Now the schools are closed for a month. Parents are starting to sweat. Now the hospitals are rumored to be running out of supplies. The sick are worried. Now the grocery stores are out of meat and the hoarding amps up. Trust me, if this whole virus thing was just a toilet paper issue, there's no way that the devil was going to win. Because remember, we can do anything for a week. But that's not how the devil plays. Nope, the devil came back to Jesus again. And this time he fills Jesus' ears with what seems like extraordinary power and opportunity. But it is also a blatant lie and false promise. And I'd be willing to bet that there are a lot of power grabs, blatant lies and false promises going around all over the world right now. It's at this point where Jesus has had enough and he says that he is not going to play the devil's game anymore. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. In other translations, it reads, get behind me, Satan. Jesus uses these exact words again when he speaks to Peter. When Peter projected Jesus's impending death. Don't forget that both our enemies and our friends can be sources of temptation and we need to be ready to quickly act and to be prepared to walk away from both. In the end, the devil left him, the angels came and attended him. Notice that the devil was the one who quoted the scripture that promised that God's angels would attend to Jesus. And they did. But not because the devil promised, but because God is faithful to his word. When Abraham was tested, God blessed him. When Job was tested, God blessed him. And when Jesus was tested, God blessed him. My friends, we are in the middle of a different type of hurricane right now. But there is blessing coming. We are learning new ways to be the church, to try things that we've never tried before. We are leaning into opportunities that just didn't exist three weeks ago. We are seeing things more clearly. We are experiencing God's presence in profound ways. And though the temptations and the trials are high, the blessings are coming. 
Remember when we started out this morning, I, I pointed out to you that Jesus' temptation in the wilderness happened before he had really done anything? What if this wilderness experience is our opportunity to really discern what ministry is supposed to look like for us going forward? What if, what if this is your opportunity to hear and, and learn about what God is calling you to do and be in this season? It's still Lent. And those resurrection blessings, they are coming. We've got time right now to wrestle and pray and listen to what God is calling us to be and do when the temptations pass and the blessings come. Let's not waste this opportunity. It may have come in the form of a virus, but that doesn't mean that we can't do something good with it. To God be the glory, now and forever. Amen.